Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Have a great show ahead for you guys. We have Cameron Eubanks, who was formerly a cast member on Southern Charm. She wasn't on this past season, but she has a new book out now. She stopped by to talk about Southern Charm, talk about her time on The Real World, the book, all that good stuff. And then after the Cameron chat, I have Heidi Gardner, who's a current cast member on SNL. She's also an old friend of mine. She's hysterical, lovely, funny, and she's a huge Housewives fan. So uh, she comes by to talk about New Jersey, Salt Lake City, Orange County. She's got some real hot takes on Orange County. So stick around after the Cameron chat. It's really, really fun. Heidi's so funny and and wonderful. So be sure to stick around, and I'll try to put the timestamp in the episode description if you want to just skip ahead to that. But before we get into any of that stuff, I got to say that I've been having quite a week. I've been struggling a lot with technology this week. It seems like nothing is working for me. I know they say that Mercury's out of retrograde, but it feels like it's in retrograde to me because the TV's not working, my computer's not working, the editing equipment, and nothing's working. And I don't mean to be a downer. (laughs) The only thing that is working for me these days is this fucking soundboard for the podcast, but nothing else is working. But so I sit down to uh, watch New Jersey Housewives, and normally I put it on the TV, I take my notes on the computer, but... That wasn't working, so I had to watch it on the computer and take notes on my phone. Now, most people, if they were taking notes on the phone, they'd probably go to their notes app. That's not how I work it. I like to start a text thread, and I don't know if you guys do this. I often text myself, like in the middle of the night, if I have, a, I wake up with an idea or, or something, I'll, I'll go and text myself. So I go to my phone, and I, I go to open up a text thread with myself. I start to type in DA. You know, I think, and then I see whatever come up and I start a text thread. And this has happened to me once before, but this time was especially funny. So I accidentally uh, opened up a text thread with my dad, D-A, D-A-D, that's how you spell dad. That's how you spell it. Don't know if you guys knew that. Um, so I opened up and accidentally started texting my dad notes about the Real Houses in New Jersey. Now, my parents are both recovering from COVID. So my dad was not responding to my text. He was in a COVID nap. Everyone say a prayer. It looks like we're on this other side of it, you guys. That's a tale for another time. I don't even want to get into all that stuff. But he was waking up from a COVID nap and then just received a bunch of text messages from me about Margaret's house having a bunch of Costco in it. (laughs) And I just want to read a couple of the texts that I sent my dad, not knowing that I was even sending him these uh, texts. So first I said, Margaret's house has a lot of Costco. Uh, Margaret doing a lot of oi work on shirt and IRL. Because you know in the episode, she had the shirt on that said, oi. And then she kept saying, oi, oi. <laughs> so I told, I, I that was one of the notes. I also, uh, this was a quote I sent my dad. Uh, Congratulations on your new tits. 
that was a quote um, from Melissa to Margaret, but I didn't specify that in the text. So it just said uh, to my dad, I just wrote, congratulations on your new tits. <laughs> Imagine imagine waking up he's he's been ill he's on the other side of it i think my dad's been feeling much better but imagine waking up from a a haze of dayquil and you're all of a sudden getting a text from your son that says congrats on your new tits (laughs) (laughs) oh you guys um and then oh the other thing i i I wrote at the end fuck jackie because that's how Teresa ended the episode when they were doing the um when they were doing the shots so it just said, fuck Jackie. That's how they ended the episode, you guys. I had to text myself that. Oh, and there was one other one that made me laugh. Um, I wrote, Jackie acts like she's a Renaissance woman because she learned how to buzz a child's hair like any idiot could. That was a note I sent myself. And I, So my dad received all of those in a row when he woke up from his nap. And, you know, he called me and he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I was like, sorry, dad. But congrats on the new tits. But it's been a week, you guys. I've been struggling with the technology of it all. There's a lot going on. And so um, I did find, I don't know, someone in the mail. Sometimes I get stuff in the mail. Somebody sent me these cards that are like meditation cards. And normally at the end of the podcast episode, I'll do a little guided cool down. You know, we do that. Um, we're not doing that today because I have these interviews lined up. So I'm just going to play those straight after we're done here. But I do want to read one of the cards. I'm going to try to do it every episode or every few episodes. And these are just meditation cards. Again, don't know where they're from. They don't even have a company name on them. So I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know who makes them, but I guess Google it. Unclear. Anyway, I want to read one. So just we can go ahead with this week. I don't know. Maybe some of you have been feeling stressed. Maybe you feel like we're all still in Mercury retrograde like I do. So I want to read this meditation card. At the top of it, it says, I am capable. Obstacles are only as large as I believe them to be. I can achieve anything I desire with comfort and ease. I have all the necessary tools to reach my goals. When I lead with positivity and love, helpful people show up to aid my endeavors. I am capable. So I just want everyone to go forth this week. Remember that. I also want to say congrats on the new tits to anyone who's gotten them. (laughs) Much much like uh, Melissa said to Margaret. Uh, So you are capable, everyone. And congrats on the new tits. And with that, I want to lead into my interview with Cameron, formerly of Southern Charm. Uh, And then please, please, please stick around for Heidi because she's so funny and we have a good time. We break down all the housewives stuff. So please enjoy. I love you all. Bye-bye. Cameron, uh, of course, we all know you from Southern Charm, The Real World. You have a new book out, which I have behind me here. One day you'll thank me. Uh, Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on with you. You're so I'm, cute. Oh, we, we actually <laughs> met like very, very briefly on the BravoCon red carpet. I was going to say, you, I was going to, I was like, my next question was going to ask, did I meet you at Bravo Camp? I met, I met so many people that day. It was such a crazy blur. Um, but wow, what a, what a fun time. Wasn't it wild? It was wild. But Cameron, I got to say, when I, I interviewed you ahead of that, like, watch what happens live thing. And at the time, I forget the exact wording, but it, it, it we were led to believe you were returning to the show. I know. So I know. I, when did the decision come that you weren't returning? Was it around that time? Because I think you might have even told me, like, you you guys were either getting ready to film or you had already maybe filmed a little bit? No. Well, wait. Uh, when, was, when was BravoCon? BravoCon was in... November of... November. Uh, God, 
when are we right now? <laughs> November yeah. 2019. Yeah, no, I think um I think we had just finished we had just wrapped season six when I went to BravoCon. And yeah, I was I was on the fence about doing it and at that point. Um I am a people pleaser by nature and I tend to say yes to everything. <laughs> and so it was a decision that weighed really heavily on me. And of course, you know, I felt a lot of pressure from the network and the production company um, to continue. So I, I would say, no, I don't want to do this. And then they would talk me into it. Um, and it was, it was a big back and forth, but finally I just, my gut told me it was time to be done with the show. And I just ultimately, it was nothing really too deep. I just, I really, the biggest, the best way to answer it is to say, I felt like I didn't fit anymore. I just didn't fit. And I felt like it was just time to be done. Are you happy looking back now? Do you feel good in that decision? Yes. Um, Yes. I definitely made the right decision. You know, filming these shows, it is a lot of fun. And I definitely don't regret doing it um, for a minute. Um, But it's also very stressful. And there. There is, uh, for me, there was a low-level anxiety that always came along with it because you never know. You're you're always kind of on high alert as to you know what you say, who you might offend, how something could be edited or misconstrued, and it's it's a lot. You know, you get paid well to do it, so so most people, um, you know, most people stay for that reason, and and that is another. Um, big reason why I think it was hard for me to leave. Cause you know, you, I was, I was season six. So I was, um, I was getting paid pretty well, but my peace of mind is it's, it's, it's worth more, I think. <laughs> was there ever any talk? I, I believe that they should have offered you a, a shit ton of money to just come in and be the narrator. You were the narrator throughout the whole six season, mm-hmm. but I, I would think it would be beneficial for them to have you on as like the gossip girl, like Kristen Bell and gossip girl where she, we don't even see you, but, but you narrate. So part of me, and this is the truth. Part of me also started to feel um, hypocritical in a way, because, you know, I was kind of the Greek chorus of the show. Um, I, you know, gave my opinion on everybody else, but I did not, really show my personal life. Um, I didn't show my husband. I really didn't want my kid to be on. Um, and I got a lot of pressure every year. I was threatened a couple times that, you know, if I didn't show my husband, I would be fired. And I said, well, then fire me. They never did. Um, so there was pressure for me to do that. And I knew in my heart that was something that I was never going to bend on. Um, and yeah, so that was another reason is I just I felt like a hypocrite commenting on everybody else's personal business, but not really, you know, right. showing. And when you're on reality television, you, you need to do that. And I get it. You know, I yeah. like that part. I, I understand. I mean, your life now you have a child. And mm-hmm. if you think back, you know, two years ago or, or three years ago, uh, does your life, your life is now completely different. How are you, yes. how are you doing today? Oh, like, God. is it, is it a weird adjustment? Does that make sense? No, I, I, for the most part, compartmentalized the show. It was never the center of my universe. Um, it was something fun that I did on the side. I felt like, um, 
And yeah, when you have a kid, your your whole perspective changes and you you don't want to be, you know, necessarily involved in the petty and the drama and the, you know, all those things that come along with with being on a this type of reality show. And it's every season it would get a little bit more it used to be a lot of fun in the yeah. in the early days. Um I felt like it was a lot lighter and a lot funnier and it it started to get a little bit too heavy for my liking. And then um, it fell apart when you left Cameron this past <laughs> season. I I, did not, I understand yeah. what you were saying. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned not fitting in. Um but then I felt like we lost so much when we lost you. Oh gosh. Well, I, I don't know what I don't know that that was my personal opinion, but um, yeah, I, I wish they could have just had you as like the gossip girl narrator and not even, a, not even appear on screen, like just your voiceover at the beginning, because yeah. like, that's all I wanted. Um, but Cam, I was also a huge fan and you talk about this in your book um, of the real world. And you know, I'm, I'm actually interviewing the the full cast of the uh, original. So cool. They're, they're coming back. back. Doing that. Yes. So okay. Cool. So Cameron, there, I've heard that they're also going to be doing that with some of the other seasons. Have you heard anything about that? Would you do something like that? Yeah. So they're, I know they're rebooting the original one and getting everybody back together. Obviously everyone's at a totally different point in their life now. And um, I think that'd be really cool to watch. I know they're filming, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but they're filming um, a challenge. Oh yeah. Like the OG people, they asked me to do it and I, I, it was, I think, like a seven-week commitment to be gone. I can't be away from my kid for seven weeks, so I had to say no to that. But, yeah, if they were to do, like, a reboot to put us all back together in a house, oh, my God, I would do it in a heartbeat. 100%. I heard they're doing, like, two-week things for that. Oh, like, yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel like that's a doable amount of time, right? And I would totally do it. I would totally do it. And, you know, our cast, um, our season of The Real World, we – we to this day, you know, remain friends. And I was actually talking to Randy Berry, who was one of my um, castmates just a couple months ago. And we're like, man, when this pandemic's over, we all need to just, we need, it's, it's been so long since we've all seen each other. Um, but I, I totally would do it. Totally. I mean, the real okay. world was such a different experience than, than the whole Bravo, you know, you, it's a, it's a totally different, not even comparable um, show. Do you still uh, watch any reality TV? Like, are you watching anything on Bravo or even any of the MTV shows? Or, or what do you, do you have time to watch anything? These I, um, I have been really into the crown. I've watched the whole thing. That's been the latest thing that I've like actually binged. Um, but you know, it's like having been on reality television now, two different shows, kind of knowing how the whole machine works. It's hard for me to watch it and truly be entertained by it anymore because I kind of know the inner workings and I know that people, I shouldn't say some people tend to perform for it. So it's hard for me to like take it seriously. And, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, documentaries are more like my type of reality nowadays. You know, I kind of got frustrated not to go back to Southern Charm, but the hard part for me is I loved the seasons where the women were really the focus. And that's why I tend to really prefer Housewives. And this past season of Southern Charm, it was like 
the focus is now on Austin and Craig and, mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, I don't want to have to see these guys. Like I'm so sick of it. Oh, um, and then awesome. no offense to them. I mean, a little offense to them. Like I can't look at Austin. Bless. <laughs> I mean, it was like that whole relationship with Matt. It seems so toxic. Yeah. So but, dramatic. You know, people, it's so weird. People, I think, I think you have, Half the viewing audience eats that up and they love it. And and they are drawn to the, the the toxic nature of some of these shows. But then I think it also alienates a large part of the viewing audience because some of it just gets to be too much. You know, you obviously need drama for reality television, but there is a line, you know, that I think is important not to cross because it sometimes tends to turn people away. I know you have a lot of fans. I, of course, ask people for questions and everything I kind of Patreon. And a lot of people, I, I mean, everyone loves you. And I wonder, is there another spot for you on television? Is that even of interest of you? Like a hosting thing or, or, or something outside of kind of this type of reality show? Oh, man, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. It doesn't, I'm not intimidated by it. So, yeah, I would be open to doing something different. Not necessarily um, reality related. Maybe, you know, I sell real estate. So maybe something to do with like real estate or um, something low key I would do. I feel like they should put you on that Bravo chat room. You know, they Kate Chastain from Below Deck. Are you familiar with this show? It's just like I've four heard about people. it and I love Kate. She's so great. It's four people. They need to get you on there. Just uh, it's like a oh, no. view, think, a view think, type thing. I think Bravo's mad at me. I don't, Are they I don't really? Yeah. Well, you know, we're mad at them, Cameron. <laughs> um, uh, the book. Talk to me about uh, writing the book. Was it hard uh, to pare kind of your life down into this book? Because you do talk. You get into the real world. You get into Southern Charm. You get into motherhood. All of that stuff. Like, talk to me about that process. No, I thought it was um it was easy and it was kind of cathartic to write the book um it forced me you know the first couple years of motherhood were just such a blur to me because I was so overwhelmed I I get overwhelmed naturally um so the book really forced me to sit down and remember and ruminate and and reminisce and um I really enjoy I enjoyed doing it I really did uh I'm a ghostwriter myself. Did you did you work with someone on the book? Did you work I did. with that? Okay. Michelle Bender and she was so great and and what she did is she would she would send me questions and I would basically just answer the questions and that's kind of how the book was the book came together. Ah, I love that. Uh you know, you mentioned, um, we talked a little bit about motherhood and there's a lot of great advice and I think it's um in the book you open up about motherhood in in a way that I think is rare. Sometimes you talk about it being messy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wonder if you could uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Do you feel like it's not talked about enough? Well, it's, you know, I think in today's world of the mommy blogs and the social media women, um, you know, they want to make it look too perfect sometimes. And women are held to a standard with being a mom that is just so rarely attainable. Um, And I think a lot of women don't want to admit how hard it is for fear of being stigmatized as weak or, you know, not woman enough or what have you. And I don't know if that's more prevalent in the South, but that's something that I definitely feel. Um, But it is, it's motherhood 
having a child and becoming a mom has been the most wonderful thing I've ever done, but it's also been the most incredibly hard thing that I've ever done. And it's something that I take very seriously. I, I think everybody should take very seriously, but um, it doesn't change the fact that it's very hard, very, very hard. Now the book's been out for a couple weeks and I'm curious what, what, uh, what kind of messages are you getting? What are, what's the response been oh, for man, you? I was so nervous because obviously you write a book, it's got your face and your name on it. You're and you know, people, I mean, with social media and you can write reviews. I'm like, Oh God, please, please. <laughs> like I pray people like it, but so far, yeah, I've gotten amazing messages. I got a um, I got a DM actually an hour ago that made me cry. It was this sweet, um, I wrote her back, this 21-year-old girl. And she said, Cameron, I am only 21. I'm not a mom. I'm not, not even anywhere close. But your book helped me so much to, you know, listen to my gut and be true to myself. And I was just like, oh, man, just it made me feel really, really good. So, yeah, I'm just I'm so blessed that it's resonating with people. Uh, you know, uh, what's, what is next for you? Are there, do we have anything else to look forward to? I mean, of course the book just came out, so it's like, you probably need a little bit of a breather. Um, I have no idea. I've never really had a plan for my life. I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I'm really, um, enjoying just the simple life of being a mom. You know, I work part time, um, I'm ready for this freaking pandemic to be over. I know. Isn't it exhausting? And speaking of motherhood, I don't know how any parent is doing it right now like it's a, it seems like a nightmare it's i'm not cool, a parent but. yeah and these poor women who are like having you know ha- becoming mothers for the first time d- during all this you know god god bless them but yeah i don't know what's next for me you know there's some juicy details in the book of course on the real world we saw that make out with brad uh oh, yeah, which you, you talk about in there um and you also like around that time you were working a lot for MTV, and I wonder was, was there any other relationships? I, I would imagine you're you're stunning. You're you know, Wait. was there ever any other famous men that there, you had dalliances with? Hmm. That's a southern uh, word, right? Dalliances? dalliances. I think so. <laughs> any other famous men? You know, not not real. I'm trying to think. Did I? Have I any? bet there was. I bet there was. No, no, honest to God. I mean, I'm Danny. I'm such a prude. Literally. I mean, I, I, I no. unfortunately I should have, I should have lived a little bit more with the men looking back, but I didn't. <laughs> Hindsight's always 2020. 20. I, I think back and like, why wasn't I wilder in my twenties? I, like, I, I wish I, I do have a wild story. You know, who, um, I ran into Bruce Willis. Gosh, when was this? This was in Atlantic city when I was like in my early twenties. He hit on me. Yeah. At the casino? I mean, he was, I'm sure he was wasted, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was Were you tempted at all? No, God, no. Uh, No. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I'm like, when was Bruce Willis sexy? There was like a point where he was sexy. (laughs) No. Um, Okay, Cameron, I got a bunch of questions people wrote in, so I want to try to run through some of these. Okay. Um, So Natasha said, uh, uh, how is Jason, uh, how are you and Jason coping with the loss of Elvis? I'm sorry um, about Elvis. Poor Elvis. Um, we had to put Elvis down and it was, oh gosh, it was so incredibly hard. Jason loved that dog. I've, I mean, I, in the 10 years I have known Jason, I've never seen him cry. He didn't cry at our wedding, didn't cry at the birth of our child. He cried. That was the first time I've seen him mm-hmm. cry when, when we lost Elvis. So it's been very hard. 
but he was 18. He lived a great life. Uh, Meredith Luther wants to know if you've met Shep's girlfriend. I have still not met Taylor, but you know, I was actually talking to Shep last night. He's like, Cameron, we've got to get lunch. I want you to, I am like COVID cuckoo. Like I don't, I don't socialize um, until I get my vaccination. I'm sorry. And they see everybody. So I'm the same way. I know. Well, Austin and Craig and all them, they're hopping all over the world. Like on a, (laughs) like like sit, sit tight for a little bit guys. And I'm, I'm part of, I was in a vaccination trial, so I might have gotten it, but I might have not. I don't, I will not find out for two years. So oh, I saw that on social media and I, I thought about the same thing and I, I, about doing a trial and, mm-hmm. but I feel like what if they, I got the placebo one, I'd be nervous. Yeah. But you never know. I guess that's the, that's the thing. Um, Julia wants to know, are you and Leva back in touch? You know, we got to meet Leva this season and I loved her. She was great on the show. Um, but I wish we got to see your dynamic together. Um, yeah, I know it's, Lava and I have kind of lost touch over the past year, sadly, um, when she, you know, she was very on the fence about doing the show and she ended up doing it. And after the whole debacle happened with, you know, Jason and all that, that being put on television, that all really upset me. And I told Lava, I was like, I don't want to hear about it. I can't want to talk yeah. about it. I just, I can't even, I need to put this out of my mind. I didn't even watch, I didn't watch the show. Well, I saw one, I saw one episode this season that Whitney sent me. Um, but yeah, we have kind of lost touch and, but I mean, it's not because I have anything against her or we're not friends. I just, I don't really see anybody. So I haven't, I have not physically seen her, um, since last year. Did it kind of frustrate you or, or more than frustrate you that your marriage was made a storyline on a show that you weren't on? Yeah, but Of course, it frustrated me, but it's par for the course. And um, it's that's, you know, part of the reason, again, why I chose to to remove myself is when you sign that contract, um, anything can be falsified. Any statement can be made and it can be aired and people can perceive it as the truth. And you have no recourse whatsoever. And, you know, it get you you get to a point in your life where it's like, you know, is, is money, is money worth that? And, um, it just, it was not to me, but yeah, that was kind of ridiculous, but apparently it's happened again on the, I was, it's all over in Jersey, New Jersey, God, poor, whatever. She's had the same thing happen to her. I'm like, good Lord. Is this what people do when they need a storyline? <laughs> yeah. You know, I watch all these shows and it, it has become a thing where it's almost like at the beginning of a season, a cast member wants to kind of get it out so that everyone has a storyline for the season, but it's almost, it's almost laughable now that it's so clear that it's just a a lie. And that's where I think some of these production companies need to just cut the BS. It's like the, any, any intelligent viewer can, can see through that, you know, and it just, it becomes a little bit too predictable, especially when that becomes a storyline on every single, um, on every single show, people start to perform because they want to keep. Could you ever, do you ever see yourself a world where you and Catherine are, are buddies or is, <laughs> that's not you know, happen. I, I probably not. Um, we, we never really were close over the, um, gosh, what, six years that we filmed. 
Um, it's not that I had anything against her or I think that she had anything against me. We just were not really each other's cup of tea. Um, of course, you know, when you're filming a show together, you have to do things together, but, um, I don't know, probably, probably not. Uh, I love Patricia. Are you still in touch with Patricia at all? Yes, I was at Patricia's house. Um, Patricia is one of the few that I do see because she's very COVID safe. I was at her house last week, actually. Uh, it was just reported that Michael, uh, I, I believe he had a spinal cord stroke. Have you, have you heard anything or any uh, update? He, he, um, he is at a rehab center uh, in Atlanta right now. Um, I actually was able to go and visit him in the hospital um, the week before it. So last week before he left um, and he's in good spirits. He's, He's one of the kindest, sweetest people I've ever met. And so my my prayers are with him for a full recovery. I hated to see that that happened to him. Yeah, you know, we're all thinking about Michael. I, he's he's wonderful. Uh, let's see. Um, Grace wants to know, how are you coping with your anxiety having a child? I, she says, I know you talked a little bit about it on the show, but um, <laughs> do you have any advice for anyone nervous or anxious about having children? Um. Well, she also says, love you. Oh, love you too. So my anxiety has definitely, my, my overall, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I have, what is it, whatever it's called, GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. I've self-diagnosed myself. I'm not medicated. My husband tells me every day I need to be medicated, um, but medication freaks me out. I know that's awful. I would, I would probably benefit from it. Um, so yeah, anxiety has definitely gotten worse. As far as o- overcoming anxiety with having a child, um, if you know that you actually want to have one, um, there's there's no really there's no perfect time really, right. and you're not going to overcome it. You just have to do it and push through it. And actually, when I was pregnant, my anxiety was actually not bad. I don't know if it was hormones or what, but it seemed to have lessened when I was pregnant. Right. Um, but I think the most important decision she needs to make is: Do I really want to have a child or not? Right. Right. I mean, that w- it, w- it was interesting seeing that journey for you on the show, but I imagine it must have been tough to open up about. Um. Um, it was not really that hard for me to open up about just because it was my truth and it was something that I greatly struggled with and that I took I took very, very seriously. I think a lot of people just think, oh, well, you're supposed to have kids. That's what you do if you're an adult. You have a kid. And they don't really think inward and say, is this something I really want to do or that I'm cut out to do? Like, I I know 100% I am not cut out for more than one. Like, one is my limit with what I can handle and what and with what will not overwhelm me. Um, I wish I could have five or six, but I know I would be in a crazy room if I did. You know, Ariana and Vanderpump Rules, who I absolutely adore, she has been open about the fact that she doesn't want children. And the people often online, I, I just see it sort of from a distance, but people continuously ask her and comment. And I always think about how exhausting that would be as a woman because men aren't constantly asked you know, if they want kids, if they don't have kids. Yes. I, it's like it the is, double standard. It's so annoying. And I'm constantly asked, you know, when are you going to have a second one? 
you know, Palmer needs a brother or a sister. You don't be selfish. You know, only children are lonely. I mean, I get it all that I post a picture. That's why I really don't post her on social media because everyone's like, well, you, need, you need to give her a brother or sister. And good for Ariana. I mean, I think the world of her too. Um, good for her for sticking to her guns and not doing something she wants to do because she feels, you know, pressure from, from society. That's how people end up miserable in life. I right. mean, it, it shouldn't be such a hard concept for people to grasp that kids are not for everybody. And honestly, Ariana will probably live longer than me. She's going <laughs> to She's going to age less stress, go on vacation whenever she wants. Half these bitches are jealous. That's the truth. They're, they're jealous of the child free. I know, I, I know I am sometimes. Uh, Cameron, I want to wrap this up, but is there anything else you want to say to the fans who've watched you for so many years? I mean, I know we have to look forward to you doing the reboot of The Real World. <laughs> I would totally do it. I would it's totally happen. But I'm uh, not making out with Brad this time. Oh, come on. Just like one. <laughs> I, Brad's been back on the challenge, and I love seeing like the people <laughs> from back in the day on the challenge. I still watch the challenge, and it's like I want – I want you on the challenge. I want Veronica, Brad. I want like all of the old school people yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I know. As we're all like pushing 40, it's crazy. I don't, the, the challenges would have to be much different um, than they were when we were in our 20s. I wish you would have done the OG one, Cameron. No, I, you know, I would, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not physical or competitive. It would have been, no. Just you put eating me, Chick-fil-A in, in the corner. Put me back in the real world house. I, I would do that. Um, okay, so any other things you want to leave to your fans? Oh, well, I can't believe I even have fans. And I'm so grateful that people um, are, are liking the book and following me on social media. It, it's weird and crazy and amazing. And I'm blessed. The last two questions I ask everyone, uh, what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Why do you ask everybody? Because <laughs> I <laughs> You're the first person that's ever said, why do you ask everyone? Why do you ask <laughs> I because I love Mariah. Mariah is like my number one. She's my she's my everything. Um, and I think she's been around for so many decades. She has so many wonderful hits um, that I. Well, I'm I sure just, everybody probably tells you the same thing. Probably fantasy. Uh, well, no, but I love that answer. Fantasy is one of my favorites. But fantasy, most, but fantasy with with uh, who was it? Uh, uh, with older oh, Baxter. Yes. Ah, uh, Mariah. Go back like babies with pacifiers. Ah, <laughs> uh, a classic. You know, it's interesting. Most people actually tell me the Christmas. They, a lot of people who aren't familiar with Mariah, they'll say, mm-hmm. which is unforgivable to me. But they'll yeah. say, they'll say, uh, they'll just say the Christmas one. No, um, fantasy. Uh, if you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? You can't choose the husband. You got to choose like an actor or musician. Um, God, Henry. Co- Either Paul Walker in his no 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 okay Paul Walker in his prime Marky Mark in his prime or present day Henry Cavill Henry Henry Cavill is just a gorgeous specimen has, but has he's been sexiest man right or no I don't think he has no he hasn't been he no, should no. be I mean in my in my thoughts he is but yeah. not in the magazine yet yeah. Uh, Cameron, thank you so much. I want to encourage everyone to pick up your book. It's fantastic. Uh, You really open up and it covers so much ground. I think it's a great read. Um, Especially now, it it was really enjoyable to just check out. It was a good book to check out of this current it's light. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. It's a light read. Easy beach read. 
Right. Well, Cameron, thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you um, on something soon. And I hope Bravo just backs up like a Mack truck of money and just has you come in and replace Craig. We don't need Craig narrating the show. They won't. They don't, don't like me. We don't need you on camera. We just need you narrating. It. <laughs> uh, okay. Cameron, thank you so much for taking the time. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by better help and we all carry around different stressors both big and small sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because i cannot stop thinking about them when i'm trying to sleep or when i'm trying to go about my day i keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively now therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff and if you've never benefited from therapy i think it's time you explore i think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist it's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, Of course, you know her from Saturday Night Live. Uh, She's an old friend. Heidi Gardner, how are you doing? I'm so happy to be here and to see you. I know. This is such a thrill. I should let people know. We know each other a little bit from uh, the Groundlings years ago before SNL. Um, And I've always just thought you were the funniest and and best. So I'm so happy uh, for all your success and then also to be able to catch up with you now. Thank you. I feel like I should let everyone know that I have been such a fan of Danny's and I'm actually the one who DM'd him and begged him to be on his show because I'm such a fan and I just need more people to talk housewives with. I was so happy you did. I'm curious who at, who at SNL right now watches Bravo. I know because Chloe, Chloe, I know too. And she had watched, I know she used to watch, but she was on the show before and she used to watch Housewives. We, her and I haven't talked about Housewives. I know that Cecily watches. I know that 80's been watching um, Salt Lake. And then Bowen, I know, 
watches. I even texted him last night and I was like, have you watched the premiere of New Jersey? And he was like, no, I haven't watched Jersey in years. And I said, I hadn't watched Jersey in years, but watch the premiere of this season. Oh my God. So you're back on board. So wait, let's, let's start with Jersey then. Okay. Um, okay. So what did you think of the premiere? Who did you side? The main big question is who did you side with in the premiere? Jackie, did you think it was appropriate that she used the analogy? Tell me your thoughts. Oh, so I was full on board with Jackie. I thought she entered that meeting with Teresa with full vulnerability, like crying, just like, please, please clear his name. Even if, you know, it was someone else who told you. I mean, Teresa was shocking when she said I didn't spread a rumor. I heard a rumor. Like, <laughs> And so I was like, oh, Jackie, you were doing this so well. Just vulnerable and honest. And then when she brought up the Gia thing, I was like, oh, no. Like, now you look worse. I mean, you brought up a child. It was just shocking. You know, I sort of understood the analogy of it all. But at the same time, it was like, okay, you've been working with Teresa for how three seasons now or whatever it's been. It's been a while. She knows how Teresa is. So that's the part that that loses me a little bit is because it's like, I don't think she couldn't have known how Teresa would would react to that. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, for sure. I think she definitely knew. And yeah, she had an A plus up to that moment. I understood the comparison, but it's just like bringing up someone's kid, you know, bringing up someone's husband is bad, but then a kid is just like, 3,000 times worse. You know, Heidi, I really love the mechanics of Teresa and the rumor because she clearly was doing it just for the show. Like, I believe that Teresa was like, okay, we need a storyline for the season. She's like, I'll take care of it. I got it. And then she literally went around that party and was telling anyone who would listen. Cater waiters. (laughs) Yes. That was the best part because I loved, again, she gets so many outs. I love how many women at that party were like, Ah, Teresa, come on. You know, just no, let's not indulge. Teresa, you know better. You know better. After she went to the 20th person who said, you know better, you're right. She was going to waiters and like men. She was like, someone take the bait. (laughs) And even the other cast members who the other cast members, it's like they know in their head they need a storyline for the season two. They need to get something going um, early on so that, you know, and I always think of these women as, they they don't want the focus on them. So they even would have had an easy out to go along with the rumor, but even they were like, this is too far, Teresa. <laughs> exactly. They knew it. And I just love, it was very, I love how these things are starting to come up at like big moments, like birthday parties, you know, very Salt Lake at Jen Shaw's, where like that now <laughs> Now they're not even being subtle. They are bringing it up at the worst moments you could ever have. Got to get something going. Uh, Heidi, when did you, when did you trail off Jersey? Oh my gosh. I, it's been years. It was, was Danielle, was that the, um, Danielle, she was on like for season one and two, and then she went away for a while. Um, not in the same way. She went away for a couple seasons and yeah. then um, came back as like a friend. But now she's, they're done with Danielle. Yes. So I feel like it's been like Danielle days. Although I remember watching probably the first season that Melissa was on. So, How do you make a Melissa? I mean, 
This was like my first thought. I'm just, this is probably so obvious at this point, but because I've just dipped back in. I mean, I do feel like she, she is trying to look just like J-Lo, right? In her own way? Okay. So, I mean, that was just my first thing. And, was just and, like, by the way, she's stunning, like stunning yeah. looking. Yeah. Yes. And she's yes. doing a great job. She's executing. <laughs> I just had to be like, the, and I loved in the premiere when she was like going down to like talk to her daughters um, and her daughter's friend. Uh, she had on those very see-through sweatpants and you can totally see her thong. And I'm like, you fully know that and you look fully amazing. So I get it completely. Right. Um, but yeah, I think so far I'm, I'm cool with her, but I'm, I'm just dipping in after a few so seasons. Do you feel like you're fully back on board with Jersey now? Like, will you continue on? Yes, because the scenes for the season looked incredible. And it looks like the men really are a big part of it. And they've got fun personalities. So I'm so in. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, probably you haven't seen it because the past few seasons, the men have really stepped up on Jersey. And I think they're one of the few cities where the men are actually like paid cast members on the show. So people often joke, it's like Joe Gorga, Melissa's husband. We need to give him like they don't hold anything in the opening, but we need to let him put like his hand on his hip in the opening. (laughs) Yeah, we really do need to give them something in the opening. Like it is frustrating to me that they don't hold anything because I like even saw it like they hold the CGI snowflake uh-huh. um, that got oranges, peaches. Like I need Jersey to hold something. I'm totally. not sure what it is. There's stuff in Jersey. I also love their um, last night, just seeing the exteriors of their houses. It made me feel like this is weird. I'm from Kansas city, Missouri, but there's a neighborhood in Kansas City called Mission Hills with just huge houses that look um, all the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just gave me the sense of like such nostalgia and just like, oh yeah, those are the houses that you aspired to have when you were little. And I was just like, oh, I'm so glad these women are living. And I just felt happy for them. <laughs> Big, huge houses. I always think of the decor. It, I feel like the decor in Jersey looks like the Orange County decor did in 2004. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, it still seems like the same. Yeah. Who is doing the remodel right now? What's her name? Margaret. Margaret. Her house is shocking. That living room with, like, there is so many things going on. There's the, the like, basically, like, wood forest wallpaper. with that Like a fucking rainforest cafe. Yes, and then the orange swirl um, couch, and then she's like, "And but I kept the floors the same, you know, from a hundred years ago, and they're basically black." I'm like, "I I actually haven't seen a black wooden floor." All um, very aggressive to the eye, to the naked eye. It's a lot. It's a lot to yeah. take in. And I love Margaret, but yeah, it's like in that house, she's been redoing that for upwards of fifteen years. Like I I don't remember a time in my life that Margaret hasn't been doing it, and. The most shocking thing is that her husband is in construction. So you would think that it would go a little bit quicker, but. Right. But he's just like any other contractor. I hear they take forever. It's his pace. It's his (laughs) pace. Uh, I mentioned, well, first of all, anything else on Jersey, anything else you you need to get off your chest about Jersey. Um, You'll get to know Jennifer Aiden. She's very interesting. I like her. I like her. Okay. Um, Yeah. Because I didn't get a, 
And Dolores, she was around in the beginning. So if you watch those first couple of seasons, Dolores was like a friend of Caroline and Dina's and stuff. Um, Now she's very much a different version of Dolores. And she's just a new, I don't know, Dolores 2.0. Like she's not this, she doesn't look the same or, or seem the same to me, but I love her. I, I so far liked her. I will say because they just had said she got a butt lift and has maybe had other work done to her butt. And they do that shot where she she said a little bit of a, it was like a little bit. She said a little bit of a butt lift. It's like, well, what's a little bit of a butt lift? Like, I don't understand. And then she's, there's a shot where she's like moving. You see the butt cheeks moving. And in my head, I was like, that felt like the future. Cause I was like, don't you have like prosthetic butt? Like how is it attached to muscle? It just made me think a lot about surgery and muscle tissue. And they're really making advances. (laughs) <laughs> really making advances. Uh, Heidi, I want to dive into Salt Lake City. So you've watched all of Salt Lake City. All of it, yes. Uh, I want to run through, I was trying to think of like, how do we talk about this? And I just gonna, I'm just going to, i going to run through the ladies and we're okay. just going to kind of go through all of them. Um, we'll start with Heather. Heather, my Heather gay. Heather, yeah, from the start, really enjoyed Heather uh, as a friend, as a mother, as a woman coming into her own. To me, I think she had a flawlessly like vulnerable season of just like honesty and growth. (laughs) Now, do you think there's been some uh, rumblings within my own head that maybe in part two of the reunion, it started to come to light that that we were getting a a slightly different version of Heather that some people had turned on a bit. Did you feel that way? I did. You know, I I feel like maybe that DM from Rihanna, like really took Heather into the net. Really fucked with her head. Yes. And, and that's fine because she seems like she's, her head's been fucked with for years and made to keep small. So that DM from Rihanna really made, might've, made her come into her own and become confident out of this world. So I can't really dog that, but yes, I do feel like there's a bit of a difference. And who among us, if Rihanna was in my DMS, like, I don't know, I would be such a fucking monster. Like Heather is nothing compared, nothing. The way she acted at the reunion is nothing compared to how I would have reacted in the rest of my life. If Rihanna had DM'd me. It's true. I mean, how many people can say that she's one of the few it's incredible i'm sure there's people that celebrities that you've admired that have reached out to you since snl like is there some person either maybe they've been on the show maybe they've just been in your dms like who has you know um when jim carrey was on this season i met him like on the stage at good nights after the first episode and I was being a dork. I had a mask on that said the mask. Um, like it looked like the movie. And I was really nervous for him to notice. But I'm just, I was such a fan. I was like, I have to wear it. And so he saw it and he was very sweet. And I was like, hi, my name's Heidi. And he was like, I know who you are. And, you know, that was like, I think for me, the Rihanna moment. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, that was your Rihanna moment. Yeah. You know, Jim Carrey, I, I think like our our generation, we grew up, those his movies were everything to me as a kid, like everything. everything. Um, so yeah, we get you, Heather. We get you. And we <laughs> love you. And you know what? I liked seeing another side to her too at the same time, even though it was like a little, a little different. It was like, okay, at least we got something new to look forward to in next season. Totally. 
which is exciting to me. Um, Mary, what do you make of the Mary of it all? (laughs) Did she bum you out? Was she bumming you out? You know, she bums out some of my friends that have watched. I'm not that bummed. I'm, um, you know, I think it was her at that choir practice uh, with the members of her church where I just really didn't like how she treated people. I don't like how she treats her family who work for her. Charlinda. Um, Justice which, for Charlinda. Know, they figured out that arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> um, fully. Yeah. I'm not, there's not a lot of redeeming qualities there for me right now. Yeah. The Mary of it all is tough. I mean, at the choir practice, she was hard and, you know, I remember in the Sister Act movies, there was a, what was the, the older sister who was really tough before Dolores, played by Whoopi Goldberg, came in and took over the choir. There was another woman who was in charge of the choir. And uh, forgive me, her name is slipping, but uh, Mary was even tougher than her. And that was a written movie where they were trying to make yeah. the choir instructor be very tough. And so I thought, you know what, Mary's taking it just way too far here. And seeing her at the reunion yeah. sort of reveal all of I- these things these things about her life, it was a tough. Yeah, I'm waiting I'm waiting for the third episode of the reunion to see if I, I get a better sense of Mary in general, and we'll see. Lisa. Lisa has really stepped it up this reunion. I feel like she, she to me, wasn't a, as big of a presence during the season as she has been this reunion. Uh, what do you make of Lisa? I totally agree. I mean, the reunion has turned into Lisa and Heather, which was just shocking. I think we thought there'd be a lot more Jen Shaw, who's like very composed at this point. Um, Lisa. So I think Lisa's funny, a personality during the season. Yeah. I was never kind of this or that. I sometimes I was a little like how much time are we going to spend on her son's grooming line, especially in the finale? I was like, you guys talked about wolf product for like 10 minutes. Um, A lot of wolf promo. But yeah, I think it's funny. Yes. I love that she gets big gulps and Taco Bell and, and then is wearing Versace and, you know, it's great. A lot of people had reached out to me and said the big gulp is a Mormon thing because uh, forgive me, I might be getting this wrong, but uh, Mormons don't drink coffee, I believe. So they need, they get their caffeine from big gulps or diet Cokes and things like that. <laughs> oh, I hope that they're just full of Mountain Dew. Who out of this cast, who is the most impressionable? Like if you were to pitch, an SNL character based on one of these women, who do you think would be the most that you could grab hold of? I actually like Lisa's life. I mean, I like that she's like this tequila rep and like, you know, um, there's a lot to latch onto there. Um, I guess Whitney, because she also has been super vulnerable, like everything with her dad. And yeah, I feel for the dad. I want him to be okay. I'm I'm scared. It sounds like he's not. We're going to see him in the third part of the reunion. We're going to see him sort of wheel in on a TV, I believe. So we'll get to know what the situation is with the dad when he wheels in via television, which by the way, this is neither here nor there, but there, I don't know if you watch the Wendy Williams show, but I've been sort of like, 
dipping in during this pandemic and she has like um she has a big tv that wheels in for the guests a lot of times the ones who don't want to be in studio and it always makes me laugh when we when she just calls out a guest and then the 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 tv wheels in to frame i love it but i mean that seems like it should it would be a sketch but now (laughs) it's real life talk to me about jen shaw Still having a hard time understanding where that amount of money comes from. Um, just as far as like living in a chalet, all the assistants, like, but you know, they did talk to me about her business in the first part of the reunion. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm not familiar with what that is, but it sounds like you're making They don't understand the business at uh, all. Yeah. Um, and then as far as, I mean, I, th- I do, I think she's the perfect example of what you want out of a housewife. I would have loved for her personally to not have had that moment um, at Coach Shaw's birthday party, just because I know she, no one wants that. <laughs> like, um, so that made me really sad. But other than that, I... I really enjoyed her this season and overall for Salt Lake City. Do you, did you enjoy the season? I personally thought it was one of the best first seasons of any housewives that we ever had. What did you, what were your thoughts overall on the season? Overall, like after the first episode, I was ready to give it an A plus because I was so intrigued by the religion of it all. And I was like, this is so genius. I definitely think they dropped off on that part of it. Um, or as kind of intricate as I would have wanted. And I think it, it dropped significantly in the middle, but then by coach Shaw's birthday party, then it got going again. And I was down with that and the Vegas trip. And Heidi, talk to me about orange County. We're going to move on to the OC. You told me that you've unapologetically loved orange County um, whereas, you know, I thought this past season was terrible, but I'm curious. I want to hear from you. What do you like about OC? Tell me just anything you want to say about Orange County. So I have always been a fan of Orange County and I will completely back you on the fact that this season was terrible. I don't know how they could have really done a good job. It seems like theirs was the one that really was getting going during when pandemic hit. Um, but For me, Elizabeth was like uh, not a breath of fresh air in what you want as a housewife. I think she is such a different flavor, but she was just like, I felt like she was hustling and trying so hard to fit in. It did kind of remind me of like maybe myself in middle school making new friends and like, you know, being like, let's go get a Ferrari and like, you know, just like showing off and um so her as a character just like completely cracked me up and um and I was just I was really into her I was very taken by her I follow her on Instagram I'm watching her Vargas vodka ads like wow Heidi you might be the only one I actually received some uh, very angry messages because I had said I, I didn't, I was on Watch What Happens Live and I said, I didn't get Elizabeth Vargas. And maybe you're convincing me now because I had heard from some people that were very upset about that comment. And now um, I'm maybe seeing the other side. Maybe I need to go back and watch some of the episodes and see, did I look at Elizabeth wrong? Like maybe I missed something. I mean, from the get, I feel like it was just her information was so good when she's like sharing the story about how her 
dad, you know, was dying from like liver failure, but her, you know, my ex was on a yacht with Steven Tyler. Like she was still bragging in that moment (laughs) while also talking about her. And it just reminds me of this like kid who's like trying to fit in and brag and be like, I live. And oh my God, the finale when she calls uh, Vince Neal and she's like, Vince, the guy's like, nope. And she's like, "Uh, did you just get this phone? And he's like, I've had it for 11 years. And she's like, what's your name, sir? And he's like, who are you looking for? And she's like, Vince Neal. And he goes, no. Nope. And then all the women were like, you're a liar. <laughs> it was so- I couldn't believe that they kept that moment in. Also, I think like the editors and producers trolled her with that moment. Like they didn't need to, they didn't need to keep that in and had nothing to do with the storyline. I guess it's sort of like implied that she's lying or something, but it was so embarrassing and cringy and hilarious that they kept that in there. And I, I just want to say that, like, I do realize I'm picking out moments that I'm, like, making fun of. But at the same time, I fully like this woman a lot. And even that moment when she was talking about her sister, when she was, like, broke down and said, I save all my dresses for her, all my fancy dresses for her. I think, you know, you're in a really particular um, situation when you're, on the housewives and like there's some people who just know how to do it and there's some people that are figuring it out and I'm just loving watching her figure it out and I so I know I made some jokes but I really love the woman love her I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. What do you make of Bronwyn uh, Wintenberg? She's been quite a a lot. I I don't know how else to explain it. She's been a lot. And, uh, you know, the paparazzi photos that had been going out a a few months ago, they seem to have slowed down. There was every day for a while in the Daily Mail, we'd see like new photos of Bronwyn 
at the beach with the new girlfriend or shot her husband with another date. And it was a lot. But tell me about tell me about Bronwyn, your journey with her. Well, you know, I at least this season, well, first of all, 100% was very impressed with the vulnerability to uh, get sober on television and and to watch a woman feel things for the first time when she's usually been numbing herself to those things was like really intense to watch. And I can only imagine her living it, like feeling feelings for the first time. I, I can't even imagine. I can't believe she stayed on the show. So I, I fully um, admired that about her. And I also felt like I got to learn more about her because in past seasons, I do think she came off like uh, this is such like a, you know, 12 year old word, but like she came off like a snob, like she was like a snob to Dina and she was like, I'm better than you. And I, I didn't like that. I couldn't really relate to her. So seeing what she went through this season, I was into that being said, I mean, I do still still think she's kind of a snob. (laughs) Do you, do, who do you want back next season? Do, what do you think the cast should look like? There, Andy has come out and said it's going to be rebooted was the word that he used. But I'm sure some of them will be back and some won't. What would your ideal dream cast look like? Um, Elizabeth, Kelly. I, I mean, wow. I'm, I'm fully offended by a lot of the Kelly. And I mean, I, I don't side with her probably on anything. But she's a good housewife. Come in uh, with some hot takes, Heidi. Hot takes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Would you bring anyone back? Would you bring Tamara or Vicky or anyone back? I think I would. I do miss them. I I really do, I have to admit. Um, And then, who am I forgetting that I really like? But who's married to Shane? Oh, Um, Emily. 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 I do like Emily a lot. I think she's grown. I like her. Heidi, yeah. you got some real hot takes on Orange County, and I appreciate it. I, <laughs> I think it's bold of you to come on here and say these things. You know, you're speaking your truth, and I always appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Heidi, just some real quick things I want to ru- run through on some other cities. Beverly Hills, the Erica Jane drama. How are you feeling about Erica Jane next season? Are, do you think she's going to open up about everything going on with Tom Girardi? Or where do you think she's going to land? If I know Erica, like I think I do, I do think she's going to open up. Um, I, I kind of think she probably knows she has to. Like, or why do the show? Like, it's just, that's one thing for me it's such a hard thing being a human being and then watching human beings on TV and expecting things of them. Because like, if that were me, I would never (laughs) want to talk about it or, or think that I had to. And it's the same way on like Salt Lake. Like I don't think Meredith, like if she doesn't want to talk about her and Shane separation, um, she shouldn't have to, but do I think it makes for a less entertaining character? I do. So but that's really hard because, uh, you know, I totally respect her uh, privacy. So that's how I feel about Erica is like, I think if you, if you do the season, you kind of have to. On SNL, if there, you don't were, wanna just- there, there was a sketch on SNL where it was people thought, um, I forget who was playing her, who, but was there, was that Erica Jane? Do you know the sketch I'm talking about where it was like, 
an Erica Jane like character. Was that meant to be Erica Jane? Yeah, Cecily played her. It was like a few seasons ago. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. I thought it was her. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. Heidi, I don't want to keep you too long, but uh, do you have a favorite guest? I want to, these are some other questions. Do you have a favorite SNL guest? Was it Jim Carrey or who's? Well, you know, just recently we had Regina King host and she okay. was so amazing. Um, so funny. So like, so easy to talk to. She was just like a bright light. And so that one was super fresh, but I'm picking her. <laughs> was everyone just really horny uh, this past week when you had the guy from Bridgerton? Like everyone in the world is sort of collectively into this man. Renee, I believe is his name. Yes. You know, I only saw the first episode of Bridgerton. So I think I didn't, I didn't get to the horny place because I hadn't seen what, what was coming. But I will say it's one of those weeks um, where I got so many texts from friends of mine that were like, how hot is he? How steamy is the set? This, you know, just. <laughs> uh, Heidi, is there a character that you've pitched that you really want to get on that you haven't gotten on yet that you're like, you're hoping for? You know, I will say a few weeks ago, I did pitch a woman who had ju- was just pitching um, or had just released her own line of vodka. So, I mean, I've got a version of Elizabeth Vargas in some way that I'd like to do. Oh my God, we need it, Heidi. We need to see it. I would love to see a, a Vargas <laughs> vodka sketch. Of all the housewives, it would just crack me up so much to have Elizabeth <laughs> from Orange County on uh, as a character. No, I mean, I'm learning a lot coming to you, like the expert, the mecca of it all, and hearing that I might be the only Elizabeth Vargas stand out there, but I am. <laughs> uh, Heidi, I ask every guest this. What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? It's either Dream Lover or Fantasy, but I'm going to go Fantasy. And who would you choose for Sexiest Man Alive if you were choosing for People Magazine? I mean, Julian Casablanca's from the band The Strokes, I think, has always been a sexy man i love that that choice i love that choice uh (laughs) heidi uh who was your snl inspiration like i'm I'm sure you grew up watching like the molly shannon sherry o'terry ish era right for sure even before that but i will say that season that uh sherry o'terry and molly shannon came on the scene it was like that yeah those two I just felt like I was seeing stuff I'd never seen before. It was super exciting. It was also so exciting around that time because, um, you know, up until then, there were always really funny women on SNL. But uh, at that time, it was like the women just really dominated that show. And so, like, I always grew up thinking, like, women were just funnier than men because I grew up watching this this the most popular comedy show on television – starring all these women. Of course, people like Will Ferrell and everything are funny, but like to me, at least it was the women who dominated that era. (laughs) And you ladies are also, I mean, you and Chloe and Kate McKinnon. I mean, the women now, Cecily, like everyone is so fucking funny. Heidi, (laughs) this was so much fun. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you on social media and anything else you might want to plug. Of course, you're on SNL every week, Um, but uh, yeah, tell everyone where they can find you. I'm on Instagram under Heidi L. Gardner. It's Heidi with the letter L and then Gardner. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we, Heidi with and then, the letter yeah, L. Yeah, you can find me on SNL.
Heidi, I love you. Hopefully I'll get to see you at some point when all of this whole stuff uh, clears up. If you're back in LA or if I'm in New York, I'd love to to see you and say hello. But thank you for coming to Everything Iconic. And I'm sending all my love your way. All my love your way. And you are, you are such a joy to listen to. And all of my friends and my friends' friends, my, my friend Katie, everyone talks about you like oh. all the time. You are bringing so much joy to all of us. Thank you. Thank I you. truly, uh, I can't thank you enough. We'll talk soon. I can't thank you enough, Andy.